Welcome to the Zenov podcast. You are listening to our Business Resilience series where we bring to you conversations with eminent industry stalwarts and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their insights on overcoming challenges and the mindset that helps them navigate through journeys of crisis resilience and growth. Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Zenov podcast. This is our Business Resilience series and I am Nitika Goel, the CMO of Zenov and your host for today. I have with me Rick Crandall, a highly distinguished individual who dons many hats. Chairman of Donnelly Financial, Executive Chairman Pelstar, Chairman of the Cyber Committee of National Cybersecurity, and the author of the book, The Dog Who Took Me Up a Mountain. Rick was named one of the five leading pioneers of computer industry and has received the Outstanding Entrepreneur Award from the University of Michigan Business School and the Howard Business School alumni groups. Rick, after achieving so much in a stellar career, found himself again in his 60s when he was close to retirement. Rick took up mountaineering and has received awards for climbing all 58 of over 14,000 feet in the Rockies Mountains, which he started in his mid-60s. He is here with us today to talk about what it takes to find passion with purpose for people like you and me. Welcome, Rick. It's great to have you here today. Well, it's a pleasure being with you and with everyone listening in. Great. Thank you, Rick. So just diving right in, how important is it for leaders to find passion in the work that they do? And how do they really enkindle this passion, especially within themselves? Leadership, the way I define it, um, it's very critical to have a passion for your vision, for the mission, um, because passion is infectious. And what I mean by that is it, it brings other people along. And as you form a team, they want to know that they're part of something that, that uh, deserves the passion of their leader. Uh, there's other styles of management, for example, uh, or leadership, leading by fear, leading with money, uh, sort of appealing to greed. Um, but you get different kinds of behaviors. And when you lead with a vision that inspires and a, a vision that the the, the leader itself himself has a uh, a passion for. Uh, that is how you get the best creativity, the best energy uh, from the the team and the employees working with you and for you, and it gives them a sense of accomplishment as uh, some of that vision starts to become reality. Great. So that's a very interesting thing. You talk about vision and reality, right? So one of the biggest things when you talk about vision and reality is the challenges that you have is breaking it down into smaller pieces. So I think from what I've heard and what we've experienced as we consult with uh, different organizations is how do leaders even begin to prioritize these different pieces? Well, that question is, uh, I think, at a core of problem solving. Um, often a problem looks too big to, to accomplish. In the mountain climbing metaphor, if you're standing at the base of a mountain and you're looking all the way up to summit, you feel like I can't possibly get up there. It's just, it's just way too far up. It looks way too difficult. Uh, but what mountaineers do and what I do is in that case is to break it down into segments. Um, in, in technical terms, it might be called pitches. That is to say, each, each pitch might be 100 feet or a couple hundred feet. And each one has its own individual challenges. And you solve for each one of those pieces, each one of which looks more approachable 
than getting all the way from the bottom all the way up to summit. In a business sense, uh, this is a, an approach to problem solving almost all the time. Uh, you may have a new product introduction, for example, and it looks like if you're starting from scratch and you haven't even done all the development yet, and then there's the marketing issues, there's how do you get the first customer, um, how do you get to, uh, the, the product introduced to market, that looks like a very big challenge if you look at it all in one piece. But if you break it down into the components, which is, okay, I've got to develop enough product so that I can then find my first customer. Usually in a new product introduction, finding a first customer is one of the toughest things to do. Because if it's a brand new product and it's a, it's a game-changing kind of product, you've got to find an early adopter type customer who's willing to take the risk. Uh, but the reward for them is that they've done something before others have done it. Uh, and you know, beyond that, you're developing a marketing plan. There's all kinds of pieces. When you go after each piece, there's a couple of benefits to that. First, as I've mentioned, each piece feels more approachable and more accomplishable than the whole. Uh, the other is, though, if you've got a team, you can take pieces and delegate to different members of the team and thereby use the full power of the team so you don't have to do everything yourself. In mountain climbing, you kind of do have to do everything yourself, but in uh, a business sort of a challenge, you have a team and you can exercise delegation. Great. I think that's a great point and I love the analogy. It makes it very simple. But Rick, how do you, coming back to a very specific nuanced aspect, right? How do you prioritize what to delegate and how do you ensure the little pitches that you're taking, you still don't lose focus on the prize, which is the summit? Prioritizing is uh, partly individual, how people go about their, their, uh, their challenges. In my case, I usually pick the toughest thing first. Uh, so, for example, and what I was using, a new product introduction, in my view, the toughest thing to accomplish is getting that first customer. And so how do you prioritize? Well, when you go back into the development phase, uh, you determine what are the least number of features that you need to develop first so that you now have something that you can go and at least have a bit of deliverable to this first client that you're trying to get. There's a lot more to develop. There's a lot more to do in the future. But you're going for that core. If I can't, you know, we have a phrase, the dogs have to eat the dog food. And it's, it's <laughs> uh, if you can't get a customer to take your product, even in a, in a most basic phase that's got at least one deliverable, then you're going to lose focus on where you're going to go. You're going to wind up developing a product that goes in a direction that the marketplace is not going to accept. So the real issue is you got to identify what's the critical success factor in a project and how do I get to validating that critical success factor first and do the minimum amount of other stuff so that you get, that's where your focus is and that's how you pick your priority. And that's how you, you don't lose focus because you know, if I'm not doing something that's going to get that first customer in this example, then I've lost focus and I've got to refocus. Great. And I love the dog analogy. And keeping that in mind, I also had the opportunity to read your book. And in your book, you talk about Emmy, who is your partner in your mountain climbing adventures. So in the face of newer challenges, how important is it to find the right partners? And if I have to bring this into a business context, how do you fortify your business 
by forming meaningful collaborations. I am a strong believer in team. Uh, in any endeavor, whether you're in a venture doing something brand new or whether um, you've been dropped into a turnaround situation where a business is in deep trouble, and it could be a personal situation as well. Team is the most important thing to pay first attention to. I am a firm believer that the best team uh, will take a mess and make it a success. And a bad team will take a success and make a mess of it. So team is the first thing that needs to be built. And you've got to go after the best uh, team members for it. You know, if I translate over to, to mountain climbing, you mentioned that I started climbing these very high mountains in my mid-60s. That's not exactly the best age to start something that's uh, not only that adventurous, but that physical. Um, in my case, I needed to find partners who were willing to go at my slower speed and still enjoy the experience and help me with some of the skills that I needed. The humorous thing about the book that you mentioned, and it's well described in there in a, in a fun story, is that my first team member was a 20-pound dog with short legs, an Australian terrier. But this dog had a will that was so strong that she wanted to go up and up and up at all times that she brought me along. In a sense, initially, I was her team member, but then I turned it around because I needed some humans to go along with me and they became my team. <laughs> and the priority that I set was that they had the skills, but they had the desire to help this older guy up the highest mountains and they got infected with that passion. Wow. That is really a fantastic story. So how do people figure out how to find their Emmys? Or how do they find the right partner, right? It's um, well, uh, I'll give you an example. There is a company that um, was spun out of another company that needed a board of directors to because it was going to be public in the New York Stock Exchange. And so I had one of the most fun business experiences by thinking through what should this board look like? Because I, was, I, I wasn't given any. And I decided there were several dimensions to take a look at. One is a skills dimension. This was a company that was transforming into, from a, being a, a basically a printing company into a digital company, a software company. So I knew I needed skills in the technology world in addition to my own. Um, mm -hmm. There was going to be marketing needs, so that I needed someone with marketing skill. Uh, this is in the area of uh, serving companies responding to government regulations. So someone with government regulation experience, in other words, a skill set of dimensions to look at what, what ought to be on this, uh, this board of directors. But then it went beyond that because there was a diversity dimension. Uh, there was a, a dimension having to do with having been through or understanding how to go through a transformation to digital, because that's a relatively newer thing that most companies are now needing to face. Uh, so if you look at the different dimensions of what are needed, you develop a profile for mm -hmm. what your team needs to be. And once you have that profile, you then take each piece that would apply to a type of individual and, and you go for it. In, in the case of a board of directors, Usually, you get the help of a, uh, a director recruiting firm. In the case of um, an individual pursuit, you're reaching out through a friend network to see who are the ones that meet the skills 
and the desire uh, and the, uh, the the ability to accomplish what it is you're trying to do. Right. I think that's really interesting perspectives. And I think you talked about a very interesting angle here, which is skills. Now, if I and if you really think about the mountain climbing analogy, getting to the summit, and especially when you're in your mid-60s, it's a question of will. So when you're looking at passion and obviously a passion with a purpose, how do you really look at the balance between will and skill? And for our listeners, in today's current scenario where there are so many unknowns, pretty much like a mountain, how do you wind up balancing these two components out? Uh, well, uh, obviously, any challenge needs both the will and the skill. Uh, but in my view, the will is even more important than the skill. Uh, in the mountain climbing metaphor, if you speak with any mountaineer, they will tell you that on a tough mountain, there are several times on the climb where their mind starts questioning themselves. Can I really do this? Uh, you know, it, it's, am I out of energy? Uh, do I know how to get from this point to the next point? And if, if you can't get your mind trained to assume that you can get there and what it takes is a complete commitment to do it, then you're going to wind up turning around. The same thing is true in a, in a, in a business uh, setting. And this is another element of leadership, which is a, a leader needs to inspire confidence in the team that he or she knows how to get to the, to the uh, end point. Even if he or she really doesn't know, it still needs to be communicated that there is total confidence. I do know how to get there. The strategic plan is going to work. Uh, if there's a few places it needs to be tweaked, we'll tweak it. But we are going forward. And that commitment to the end goal is critical. And it's more important than any set of skills that are put together, because otherwise there are challenges that get thrown uh, at any project that has that is significant. Uh, and people will turn around without that total commitment to the future. And that's what, what the word will really means. I think you have left us with a great amount of information, Rick. I think a few things that I personally learned, and I'm sure that our listeners will also understand from this, is will always trump skill. There needs to be consistency. There needs to be commitment. And you need to keep your eye on the prize. But to make sure that you get to the end point, you need to be able to break down the problems into smaller portions, each of them having their own set of challenges to get to the next goal. And at the same time, find committed and complementary partners who will help you get to the point that you need to. So with that, thank you so much for your time, Rick. And I would recommend that all of you grab a copy of his book, The Dog Who Took Me Up a Mountain. Thank you so much again for your time. It really was very valuable. Uh, you're right. You did a wonderful job of summarizing. The book is on Amazon. I hope you enjoy it. And thanks so much for uh, our discussion today. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you for listening to this episode of Zinov's Business Resilience Series. Stay tuned for more such interesting episodes and subscribe to our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. To know more about Zinov, and if you believe we can help with your problems, please visit our website www.zinov.com or drop us a note at info at Thank you again, and don't forget to tune in to our next episode.